to have these guys here and have all of you here. And you know, I do a, on High Call Ministries, I've got a Facebook page, I do a live Bible study every morning. And the last two mornings I, I got into this on Mark chapter uh, 6. And so let's turn here. And uh, Mark chapter 6, probably a familiar passage to you if, if you've read the Bible much or listened to many of the teachings of Jesus about him feeding the 5,000 with the five loaves and two fish. It's a pretty incredible uh, story. But you know, uh, something that was, yeah, just toss it that right this way. Thank you, sir. Uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the things that I, I noticed over the last several years is as I've switched to different translations, that didn't sound good. I wonder if that's going to work. I've been using this really low for while I was sitting, and uh, boy, that sounded odd. Um, but as we as we get uh, as we get ready to study the Bible and we look at some of these passages from different translations, I've just been amazed at at uh, some of the things that have just jumped out at me. And I want to read this. I'm using the I call this "You Can Do It." Um, you can do it. Uh, those of you who know the movie, I, I don't know, I, that still goes in my head, but uh, probably not the best movie or representation, but uh, uh, you're not missing much if you don't know the reference, all right? Mark chapter 6, verse 34. He says right here in verse 34, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out of the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Now, that's something that, that grabbed me right there is that Jesus saw the value of teaching them when he saw the crowd. He knew that they were, he had compassion on them, but he, but he began to fix that problem with the compassion that he had. One of the things that he began to do is he began to teach them. He gave them the word. One of the things that, should I answer that? Sorry, I always have my phone on silent, but I've been working in the tractor so much I've had it on loud. Um, this guy doesn't realize it's Cowboy Church night. Uh, anyway, but one, the teaching, and, and that's something that's dear to my heart. Teaching is something that I love to do. I, I loved it when my kids were learning things. You know, if they were learning to rope, if they were learning to hit a ball, shoot a ball, you know, anything with sports. I, I love that. I loved, you know, I got to be the one teaching them how to tie their shoes. We have four kids uh, all grown now, and, and uh, but what a blessing it is to, to get to teach things. But that's the value I have in the Word of God as well, and that's why I always put a priority in taking time to take the Word of God. I want you to be able to take it with you on, on your daily life. That's my, my purpose in, in helping you understand this. And so he, he got out of the boat and he began to teach them many things. He taught them so many things that it, it, was, it was getting late. And you know the story, the disciples finally came to him and says, you know, and it's late in the afternoon, the disciples said in verse 35, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. I'm, I'm using the New Living Translation if you're kind of wondering. But it says, he send the crowds away is what the disciples said so they can go buy food to eat. You know, they... I'm sure we're just as hungry as they thought the other people were. In fact, they were probably more concerned about themselves uh, if, they're, if we're just being gut honest here. But verse 37 says, but Jesus turned to them. He said, you feed them. He said, you feed them. And, and you know, I believe that each of us have been given giftings and talents. We have things that, are, that we, God can use if we just allow ourselves to be used by him. You say, I don't have anything to offer. And I'd argue that you do. But verse 37, Jesus said, you feed them. And, and they, they responded, with what, they asked. You'd have to work for many months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. 
See, they only saw it from a natural perspective. And that's what's so amazing about this story is that Jesus is trying to prepare them to do the work that he's doing after he's gone. And he's preparing them in a way to stretch them to thinking outside of the just the normal, natural things. You know, there's a lot of times when we look at, I don't know about you, but after you've lived enough, enough water's gone under the bridge, you've lived enough years, you, you always know that things work out. You know that there's challenges out there, but I remember things that seemed so insurmountable that I'd never get through them. I thought it was going to be so big of a deal. You know, even good things in life, like I remember having our first kid. You know, we got married right out of high school, but about 25, we, we had our first kid. And, and I'm thinking, man, this is awesome, but oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And, and then, you know, about four or five years later, we went back to college and did all these things. And then this, uh, this second, you know, daughter came along and it was another daughter. And it was like, oh, dear Jesus, how do I do this? And then the next one was a son. We're thinking, yeah, this is great. But, but now there's three of them. And Lord, how do I provide? How do I have enough time? How do I do all this? So even in good things, I, there was a lot of times where I just said, God, I don't know how I can do this. But I learned to follow and follow on the word of God. And Philippians 4.13 is, is an amazing verse. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we'll get more to that verse here, in, that verse in a little bit. But that's a, that's a foundational scripture that we ought to always lean on. Know that we're not alone. And that's what Jesus was teaching them. He said, verse 38, he says, how much bread do you have? He asked. And then he said, go find out. So he sent them on a search mission and he asked them, first of all, what do you have? How much bread do you have? What do you have in your hands? See, a lot of times we're looking for God to do something for us instead of through us. And Jesus, it, this is listed as Jesus feeding the 5,000. But there's something that I see in this is I don't say it like that. Jesus and the disciples fed the 5,000 because he didn't do it without them. He chose to add them, to have them involved in it. Man, I, I, I love this. He goes on and, and it says they came, and it goes on and it says they came back and they reported we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Now, it hit me this morning as I was, I was sharing this. I, I do this at 6.30 every morning, but it stays on my Facebook. But I do this live. I've done this for three and a half years, Monday through Friday. Get up at 6.30 every morning. And even though I'd bailed hay half the night last night, I got up. I went ahead and set my alarm. I got up. Now, I did sleep in from my normal Tuesday morning. Uh, Tuesday mornings I do at 6 o'clock. Some of y'all were wondering, where's he at? Where's he at? But I, I went ahead. I slept in 30 minutes. But I got up and I did this. And, but this hit me this morning. This is so powerful. It, it says that, that he... He asked them, and they reported after going through 5,000 people plus their, their families, all they could come up with was five loaves and two fish. What are all the, what's all the people doing? It kind of made me feel like as a pastor, sometimes you're thinking, man, there ought to be more resources than this. Not just money. I'm talking about people resources, all kinds of resources. Out of all those people... He only, they could only find five loaves of bread and, and that the people were willing to give. I want to know, as I begin to think about this, I want to know, what did God do for the ones who gave that? I heard, a, I heard a preacher say one time, he said, I, I bet they were just walking through the crowd and this little boy, this boy come running by and they grabbed him and said, here, give me that lunch, kid. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know that it happened that way. But here's the thing. Somebody was willing to give. 
See, how many times are we sitting there with talents, giftings, resources of some kind, many kinds, and we're unwilling to give them? You know, there's, there's something that I've been freed from early on in my, if I was fortunate enough to be raised in a family that, that, that came from, that was godly, and my wife as well. You know, we never, we never withheld things. We want, always were ex- wanting to give. But this principle began to, I'm beginning to see the principle of first fruits here, where if they were willing to give, somebody was willing to give, and as they began to give it to God, what did God do to it, for it, or with it? He blessed them. And you know what? Nobody left hungry, including the person who lost their or gave it, gave their meal, their lunch, their, their what they had. We don't know who it was. They weren't named. <clears throat> but there was also an individual or maybe a family that had their five loaves and two fish that they gave them up. They also fed the 5,000. They don't get named. They don't get mentioned. We're not going to hear. But won't it be cool? I think I think about these things sometimes. I'm going to get to heaven. That's a question I want to ask. Jesus, you know, who was it that gave their their fish and, and gave up their meal? And you know what? They got to eat too. And in fact, they had more than enough. It said they, there, there was leftovers, tremendous leftovers. I love leftovers. It's a good thing, huh? Honey, <clears throat> it's a good thing. No, I love leftovers. But isn't it amazing that, they, that Jesus went to them, they went to the people, and everybody got to eat because there was somebody willing to give. What if they hadn't had anything? I mean, Jesus could have took a stone. It wouldn't matter. I mean, Jesus would have found them. But isn't it amazing? Some unnamed, unknown person didn't get any recognition. You know, here's the thing. God remembers it. The principles of sowing and reaping, giving of what you have, is there all throughout the Bible. When you give your gifts, when you give your talents, when you do whatever you do, this isn't a message about giving, but man, it, it, it just shows up how powerful that is. This unnamed person not only got to eat, but they helped others. And that's what we do when we, when we work together in ministry. When we work together in the kingdom of God, that's what happens. We enable our, not only ourselves to be provided for, but others are blessed. I, I'm always amazed at how many people do things within the church that sometimes I don't even know about it. Sometimes uh, uh, many of the people don't know about it. You know how many people it takes to put on and do this kind of thing to transform this, this sail barn, you know? I mean, it's a working sail barn. You can tell the barnyard guacamole on the sides and all that good stuff. But you know, it takes a lot of work to do that. When we put on a roping event or, or, or an arena event out here, when we do, do any of the things that we do, uh, putting it on TV, all that stuff, man, uh, Whitney's been here since 4 o'clock this afternoon or whatever, well, earlier than that, actually. Many of you come earlier than I do. Tonight, I, I got here late. What a blessing it is. We're all part of that. And together, we're ministering to many. You know, out of all those people, there was only, there was only one or two that gave. But notice, it was enough, because Jesus took it, he blessed it, and he multiplied it. See, God doesn't need a lot, he just, he's just asking for the, for the first and the best, and he never leaves us without, he multiplies it back to us when that happens. I want you to look at John chapter 14 real quick, because I talked about this being uh, 
this, the scripture or, or this message being called, called You Can Do It. And I'm not just talking about giving. I'm just talking about whatever God lays out there before you. If you're at a point where, you know, I just, the reason I was late tonight, I met, I went to buy the hospital to see a lady that had just gotten some bad news. Well, I'm sure she's like, man, I don't know. This could come to the point of a liver transplant. And she didn't say, man, that's, that's a bad deal. She said, that's going to cost a lot of money. But see, here's the thing. God has resources. God has an ability. And we prayed over that situation. Verse 12 of John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And there's a ton in John chapter 14, 15 and 16. But he, I want to focus on just this one verse. He says, I tell you the truth, that anyone who believes in me, will do the same works that I am do I've done and greater works because I am going to the Father, going to, be, going to be with my Father. You know, we know the rest of the story is he sends the other comforter, he sends the Holy Spirit to do in his absence. If you look at it in the Greek, it's exactly what it says in, that, in those next few verses. He says that I, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you do exactly what I would do if I were here. Isn't it amazing that even though we don't have Jesus in person here, we have the helper, the Holy Spirit, who comes to live and dwell on the inside of us when we, when we make Jesus Lord. I can guarantee you there's so many times that I'm at the end of me, but I'm not at the end because I still have God. I still have the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me. Amen? You know, <clears throat> um, he says greater works. Well, listen, how do we succeed in, in, in fulfilling this? Now let's turn to Philippians 4, chapter 4. And this is probably a familiar scripture most of you could quote. But I want you to turn, if you're turning in your Bible, and I want you to, I want you to listen to it, I want you to read it, because I want to, I want to take a, a, a one word out of it, not to change the scripture, but to expand how, how it applies to our life. Look at this. <clears throat> I can do all things, I can do everything, the New Living says. I've quoted it out of the King James so long. For I can do everything through Christ. All things, the King James says, meaning anything through Christ who gives me strength. You know, there's, that's a, one of those power-packed verses that has so many different dynamics to it. He says, I can do everything or all things. I can. The first thing I always see is I can. I can. I can. That's the strength of that verse. When you are at the end of you or you don't know how you can, you can. And I can do it through Christ. There gives, that tells us how. But he says through the strength as he gives me strength. And how powerful that is. But you know, I was, I was going through this this morning at my desk. And I, and I thought, you know, what if I just took that, uh, that word can out all right, just for the sake of thought, not changing the scripture, I do everything through Christ who gives me strength. We know from other, other scripture, that's scriptural, all right? You can have it just as a, as a supplement, just as a little additive thought to say, I do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Because you, when you take other scriptures, like Ephesians 3.16 says that he has strengthened you with might by his spirit in your inner man. These other verses that talk about the help of the Holy Spirit and the strength that He gives us. He, here's, the way I, here's the way I'm going to start saying this. I can do all things through Christ, and I'm going to do all things through Christ. I do them all through Christ. I've been living like this for 
been in ministry 33 years, I guess, and all my life, all my adult life, as soon as I got married and got smart enough right out of high school, other than those few years of kind of running from God and being a ornery cowboy, I began to pursue God. And I learned to bring him in on everything that I do. Not just going to do, I can do, but I do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It means I don't want to do anything without him. I want to follow him in everything. Man, I tell you what, I'd love to be able to play like these guys. I can, I can keep a beat and I can change, I can play G, C, and D. Nothing to it, right? Yeah, if it's easy, anybody do it. That's what the guy. That's what somebody said to me when my hayfield was was blown all the way across the hundred or well, it was an eighty, uh, all the way across after that seventy mile an hour wind. Said if it's easy, any everybody do it. But you know what? I can't play like those guys, but I can sure keep digging, keep trying, keep taking. Le- I'm ta- I'm even taking lessons now. As soon as it gets wintertime and I'm slowed down a little bit, I'm going to be driving to see, see you guys. You're just in Guthrie and Stillwater. <clears throat> but you know what? Here's the thing. I can do all things. That's a light thing in the, in the kingdom of God things. But you know what? <clears throat> I close with this. Pretty cool. My, our oldest daughter, just about to turn 32, our oldest daughter was sitting around the campfire. She came up from Dallas, and, and last night we were, we, we were sitting out back of our house, and, and our youngest daughter was there as well that's a sophomore in college. And, and they said, you know, Dad, they both said this. They said, we always just think we can do anything because you, you told us that, and you taught us that, and you demonstrated that. And I said, you know, that's, that's good. I'm glad you caught that. But it takes applying it all the time. You know, you, I don't know where you're at in your life. But if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you, you have what it takes. You have the things you need. You can do whatever you're facing. You may be at a season in life that's tough. You may be at a season in life that's fearful, scary. You may be a season in life that you don't really know where it's going. But we are, when we know who holds our future, when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we can know with confidence he's going to walk us through these things. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So my only question to you is, have you made Jesus Lord? You know, if you haven't, it's not a matter of getting cleaned up, getting straightened out, getting everything fixed. It's a matter of showing up and saying, okay, Lord, I don't want to do this by myself anymore. I want to allow God to be involved in my life. I don't want to make him Lord. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, if you would, with me. Father, we just praise you, and we thank you for this opportunity to come before you. We thank you for this night. Lord, I praise you for the Hunt family being here to minister, here to to bring an atmosphere of praise and joy. Father, where two or more are gathered in your name, you are there in our midst, and we know you're here. And Father, I praise you and I thank you that for every believer, every Christian in this place that knows that you're with them, that, Lord, they know that they have and can do all things through Christ who gives them strength because, Lord, they're bringing what they have to you, and you'll bless it, and you'll cause it to multiply. 
Now, Lord God, I pray also for those who might not know Jesus Christ as Lord, or maybe they've never surrendered. I want to give you an opportunity tonight to say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to give it up. Giving up lordship of my life and accept you as my Lord and my Savior. You could be watching online. You could be sitting right here. I don't know everybody. But if you've made a decision that you say, you know what, I want to I do. I want to receive that God that he's talking about. I want to receive Jesus that help, and that helper, the Holy Spirit. All you got to do in your heart of hearts is, is confess Jesus as Lord. The Bible says that we can confess Jesus as Lord. You can pray a simple prayer that's on the back of my business card that basically says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and in my life. Be my Lord and my Savior so that I'll never walk alone and I'll always know that my future is secure in you and with you. If you can pray that prayer, you're a believer if you've never played that, prayed that player, prayer and you'd like to, I want you to acknowledge that and let me know. So, Lord Jesus, we praise you. We thank you for this opportunity.